Welcome to Training Room Talk, powered by Precision Performance Physical Therapy. Here we discuss all things related to physical preparation, from rehab to performance preparation to education. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Training Room Talk, powered by Precision Performance Physical Therapy. I'm Dr. John Herding here with Dr. Nick Perigini. How's it going, guys? And Coach Rob Rubina. How you doing? And you guys just missed a stimulating conversation on corrective exercises. We were having for about 10 minutes. We should have recorded the whole thing um, before getting on um, because that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about um, corrective exercises. What are they? Is the whole term just a bunch of baloney that you don't feel comfortable using in the context of treating patients or working with clients? Um, I tend to go the latter where I don't, I don't really know what corrective exercise means. I don't know what it's actually correcting. I think in our discussion, we kind of determined that a corrective exercise in its context of how it's generally used is an exercise that is trying to correct the screen, the baseline screen that a clinician or trainer gave their clients, right? but we don't actually know if there's carryover into movement, into reducing pain. We just know that maybe this specific exercise or input um, did something to change a baseline movement that a trainer or a clinician had their, their client go through. Um, so for me, um, any exercise can be corrective. You could deadlift 600 pounds and that could be a corrective exercise versus something that um, you know, like a, what would be a corrective exercise guys, like a, a lift or a chop, a, a half kneel lift or chop. Some sure. people may consider a corrective exercise, but I guess basically on my point of view, and then I'll let you guys roll with it is any exercise is corrective. If it changes the baseline measure that you want it to change. And if it changes, um, someone's perception of pain, or if it changes how we are perceiving that they move, or if it makes you just stronger in general, right guys? Definitely. Um, so, so I think, um, yeah, I don't, I, it's a term I don't really, I don't think it's a term either of you really, um, but, but tell me why, why don't you guys believe that it's something, um, we should be telling people or telling patients or clients that we're, we're doing, are we correcting? I'll, uh, I'll, I'll start by saying, you know, the, the, the term, the actual word corrective is going to mean that you know, we have incorrect movement and that we're trying to fix a certain movement. And again, I think in, in this, in the, in the realm of, of like movement screen world, you know, it, there are, you know, systems out there such as the FMS that, you know, are, are using, you know, objective grades to, you know, put a number or a grade on, on movement. And again, I think this is where this really originated was, Hey, if we, have a low score, there are ways to get higher scores on that test. And just because we improve the test and we score high on the test actually does not mean much, right? It just means that we were good at that test. And what we found through, you know, the research is that this doesn't really translate or transfer over to things like pain. This doesn't really transfer over to things like, you know, athletic performance or injury um, prediction or injury risk. So again, you know, the, the, the term corrective, I think was originated at, you know, prescribing a certain movement, 
to gain a higher score on a movement screen. But unfortunately, um, that term corrective, you know, means that we're, that we're, that we're looking at movement as, you know, right or wrong or good or bad or correct or incorrect. And I don't think that's how any of us really look at movement. I think there are times when, you know, there, we can optimize movement and enhance movement through some of the, through some drills to, um, allow for a distribution of stress throughout the body. Um, especially if, if we're dealing with someone that is in pain or is looking to increase their performance. But, um, again, the term corrective exercise, you know, I think we have a little bit of issue with because of what that actually is implying. And that's implying that there is a good or bad type of movement or a correct or incorrect, uh, movement. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's, that's gold. Um, I mean, I definitely agree with both of you that the term corrective exercise is just something that we should probably stop using. And Nick, I think you said it earlier when we were off screen, it's prep work. It's prep work. If you want to think of like traditional corrective exercise, it's just prep, it's prep exercises. You know, and I also like John's definition as well, where it's, any exercise is corrective in nature. Like I, I think that those, those are a hundred percent what, what it is. Um, you know, I don't think we want our clients to think there's something wrong with them. Right. We want to empower our clients and athletes. We don't want them to think that they failed the test because they didn't, you know, and, and using those words implies that. So we, we use words like warm up or pre-work, you know, that, that's, that's the stuff we use. Hey, did you do your warm up? Oh, no, I didn't. Okay. Well, we need to do that. You know, um, we're not using the words, Hey, did you do your corrective exercises today? <laughs> um, you know, and again, and I like the SMS and I know this is might come off as an SMS bash. This is not an SMS bash whatsoever. Um, you know, I just think that that, that terminology is, you know, it's just, it's just something that we should probably use other words on. Um, you know, having said that, like, you know, I think the other side of the coin is if we see something wrong in our assessment, we want to correct it. And that's where that word came from. Right. And that's fine. Whatever you want to use as your corrective exercise, um, is okay with me. Just realize that what your what that verbiage might come out as to the client and to the athlete, um, because it might not come out the way you think it is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's that's my two cents, and I just think that we should use different words. I agree with John. John hit on the head. Like every exercise is corrective in nature. Um, and just be careful of what you say and what you what words and what verbiage you use around clients and athletes. Um, and, and that's, that's, that's the outcome you want. I, I think that's really what it comes down to is how, how are you being perceived by your client? How are you, how are the words that you use impacting the training program that they're going on? I think we've been playing around with a lot of stuff where we're using traditional, what you'd consider strength and condition exercises in the PT setting that clean up the attributes that we want people to achieve to get them out of pain. Right. Um, so I think that 
Um, it, it really just comes down to a matter of perception with the, the patient or client and any exercise that achieves the result that you want it to it is a correct, again, like a, it's a corrective exercise. And that could be heavy deadlifts, farmer's carries, um, anything that provides the stimulus to fix the things that as a coach you want to see the, the client improve in um, is essentially a corrective exercise. And it doesn't have to be a frou-frou um, what would be considered a, a corrective or physical therapy exercise. It can be um, what we would consider a more traditional strength and conditioning exercise as long as it achieves the outcomes you want to achieve. And then if you're changing the way, and this is a whole other podcast, changing the way that a client's perception or how they're perceiving both your value and the um, input that you're giving them, that's, that could have a bigger impact than actual exercise selection. Right. Yeah. Just, um, you know, to even like zoom in a little bit, you know, one of the, one of the kind of, you know, conversations I feel like I have a lot with, you know, clients and after going through an assessment and, you know, I'm taking, let's say passive, uh, joint range of motion, or even looking at, you know, some movement patterns and whether this person is in pain or, or not in pain, this is more in the performance realm. You know, let's say we do have some, you know, limited findings in some patterns or some joint ranges of motion that we would expect them to have, you know, more range of motion in or, um, you know, yeah, more range of motion. In. You know, one, one of the things I like to say is like, Hey, you know, you're already a great athlete. You know, you're already a great mover. And obviously, you know, what you've been doing has allowed for your success. You know, we found some things on your assessment, um, that we have some it's, and we need to look at it as an opportunity. And by addressing these opportunities, you know, one, we can hopefully improve your performance and keep you healthy um, at, at the same time. So instead of looking at something as, you know, incorrect or as limited or something that's holding you back, we need to look, kind of change this mindset and how we're explaining what we're finding as opportunities to enhance or, or optimize, you know, their body or their performance. Yep. I like it. Yeah. What, what do you guys find from like a therapy side? Because, you know, like a lot of trainers look at like their therapist exercise as the corrective exercise. So like, how, how do you guys change your client's perceptions on like, hey, we're not doing therapy exercises. We're not doing corrective or your low soft exercises. How do you guys like change that mindset of, of patients and athletes and clients? Because I think that's a lot of, perception out there of what not only therapy is but you know even trainers will just say oh just do your you know do your, do your therapy exercises yeah and, and I think with that comes a little bit of a negative connotation right sure. like they're soft or you know they're not achieving stimulus to get create change well John you yeah I mean we would talk about you know you hate the term PT exercises I do, and I struggle. I I hate saying that to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I try not to, and I try to find an alternative to that every time because I think there's an alternative. There's a negative connotation to it um, because a lot of times they're underloaded, or it's. Uh, I mean, that's the biggest beef we've talked about before. I just think they're not dosed appropriately, um, or they um, are just your run of the mill. Everybody gets the same thing if they have this. Um, so sometimes I don't even know to get off on a tangent, like why therapists are doing these great evaluations and figuring out what's wrong because they give them the same three. Right? Um, but 
so anyway, I mean, whatever, but um, yeah, so I think I, I try to, I'm trying to get away as best I can from that negative, that negative connotation of physical therapy exercises. Um, you know, and, and the more and more we make our facility look like it's training and loading appropriately and having people walk out in a sweat, like I think that helps to change the perception and that's our, us doing our little part and um, there is no physical therapy exercise. It's all this we've talked about before continuum of where do you fall in the spectrum of a deadlift or a squat and we're going to try to place you in the best place we know how to on that continuum to create a change and get in our setting get you out of because everybody that we're seeing is in pain um, to some degree. Um, so we're just looking at where in the continuum of movement they fit and trying to put them in the appropriate space and load them appropriately. And that's our, our workaround of that. And, and I do hope and, and think that coaches like you, Rob, and some of the other coaches we work with, that they appreciate that when we communicate with them after and we just say, well, instead of today, instead of barbell deadlifting, um, why don't you just, you know, try trap bar, like an elevated trap bar and an elevated kettlebell. Um, just because the continuum for that day changed and that's their in quotations corrective exercise for the day is you know an elevated trap bar deadlift versus a barbell and that's getting them out of their low back pain um, so I think that's that's how we try that's how we around that and I think um, that people do appreciate that after they see um, how we do this. and John you know I think what that you know what you're saying there is you're kind of implying that, you know, of course we're going to see people for this one hour in our session. And the reality is there's only so much that we can do. And if we're looking at having the most bang for our buck, some of that's going to be education on, you know, the right amount of stress, the right amount of load in the other 23 hours that they're not with us. And also the other days of the week that they're not with us and giving that education or framework to work within, you know, when they're not in person with us can be the thing that, you know, get someone out of pain and allow someone to keep on moving and perform at a high level. So, you know, being able to, you know, give suggestions to a coach um, of, you know, allowing them to still get their fitness stimulus in, but having the adaptations occur in the right direction, I think is one of the most powerful things that, you know, we can do as physical therapists is like that little bit of education and, and providing a framework to work within when they're not just with us, you know, and I think, it, you know, we can, we can, you know, fill an hour with, in air quotes, correctives, or we can go above and beyond and provide this education that can help influence, you know, stress and adaptation in the musculoskeletal system in the direction that we want to see it go in. And that's going to occur not just in the hour that they're with us. And that education goes back to, we've talked about it before, is when we have someone that squats 350 and is 26 years old, be told by their doctor, never squat again. Right. So that just goes into, yes, but if you change your squat or you, you come into the continuum at this level of squat, this is your corrective so that you can squat. In six right. Now, right. Yeah. Like the corrective is the movement. Right. Um, Modifying so dose, range of motion, load, intensity, frequency, et cetera. Placement of load, everything. Right. And that's the art and science of coaching is yeah. making all those adjustments to all those variables to make sure you get the response that you're looking for to make the change that you want, which mm. exercise, right? Yep. Well, sir. Heart. Nice. Cool. Um, so to sum it all up, um, I would think that we all agree that we can use better terminology 
um, instead of corrective exercise because um, there's no right, then there, all of us would agree, there's no right exercise, there's no wrong exercise, there's just an exercise that's most for that person at that time of day load and under all these different variables, right? Um, so that being said, any other closing points, guys? Train hard. Yeah, training is your corrective. Love it. Um, cool. So as always, everyone, thank you for listening to Training Room Talk. Um, we greatly appreciate it. Please spread the word. If you have anything you want us to address, please contact me at john, J-O-N, at precisionperformancept.com. Until next time, thanks, guys. Did you know we now offer personalized remote programming, one-on-one -on -one video telehealth sessions, and mentorships for both students and professionals? If you're interested in any one of these, please email john at j-o-n at precisionperformancept.com and he can help you get started today.